This happened just a couple of months ago. So I moved from New Zealand to Germany three years ago now. I was working in a hotel in Munich as a bar manager. While I've been learning the language, it's ridiculously complicated, especially if English is your first language. Anyway, I'm a 27 year old blonde, thin, punky looking, you get the picture. I'm a girl too. It was a two minute walk from my hotel to the train station and I had to catch a train to my hometown after I finished work most nights. It was common for me to get harassed on the train or on the way to the station, even though it was only a two minute walk. It was extra horrible because I couldn't speak German very well. I once had a guy ask me to marry him for money. Another one asking why I didn't speak his language because he wanted me to come with him. Another one would call me a slut because I ignored him and the list goes on. But the scariest time was actually in my hometown. I live 35 kilometers away from the city. I head home on the train as usual. I got off the train and began walking around the corner to my apartment. This is around midnight on a Monday. I get to my apartment and unlock my door. But as I'm unlocking the door, someone taps my shoulder. I turn around to see a man behind me, quite short, Middle Eastern, a friendly enough looking guy. I was obviously shocked a bit, but my immediate response assumed that he lived in the building, so I asked if I could help him with something. It was just so weird, so was that first thing I said. He said in German, I need your number. Again, I was shocked because I assumed he lived in the building and was locked out of his house or something. I was so naive. He began to tell me that he had followed me home from Munich and needed my number. I said no and that I was married. My husband was literally inside the apartment. He followed with, that doesn't matter, and asked if he could come in. I began to freak out and stated that I was going inside and I bid him farewell. As I entered my apartment, he pushed me forward and tried to get inside my apartment. I turned around and slammed the door in his face so hard they brought tears to my eyes. Not through the slamming, but you know what I mean. The creep continued to stand outside for a few minutes. I could see him through the peephole. By the time I saw my husband, he was gone. I didn't even think of calling the police. I was too bewildered. The thing that scares me is that this situation could have been so much worse. I'm quite fit and strong, but I was smaller and it could have been really bad. If my husband wasn't there, his daughter lives there. All I keep thinking of what things could have happened and it still gives me nightmares. If I didn't shut the door in time, if I lived alone, all these things, I now carry pepper spray and a whistle everywhere I go. So to the creep who followed me 35 kilometers home and tried to get into my house, let's never meet again. My skin still crawls thinking about this guy. He saw me shopping for school supplies and things from my new apartment one evening during my first week of grad school and decided that I was his mark. I had just moved to my new college town, didn't even have a cell phone yet after leaving one that my folks paid for during undergrad behind. I was grown and could take care of myself, I roll, what a nitwit I was. As I left the parking lot with my purchases, I noticed this truck put up behind me and then exit. It was late and there weren't too many people out. I pulled out and so did he. It was a few miles down a long retail street with lots of stoplights before my turn. As I drove, I realised the guy in the truck was trying to get my attention. I was in a relationship so I ignored him. Over the next few miles, he kept trying to get me to look at him. Some red lights he would end up ahead of me, 
some behind or beside. Every light he positioned himself so he could stare at me, directly or in one of his mirrors. His gaze was unwavering and my anxiety rose. He was driving oddly, speeding up close to my bumper, hitting his brakes when he was in front of me and swerving close to my car a couple of times. Finally, at red light where he was beside me, I glanced over and absolutely started to panic when I was met with the most unbelievable, empty, unwavering stare and realised he was fiddling with himself. He was getting off on the fact that I was terrified and he was following me and he was trying to force me to pull over. At one point, I scooted through an intersection on a hard yellow a couple of cars ahead of him, thinking I could shake him. Nope. He went around the cars at the light and ran the red and got back in front of me. A freeway entrance ramp came up and I tried to fake him out by putting on my signal and getting to merge in a later lane. He took the bay and started up the ramp. I quickly got out of the merge lane and continued straight. Again, I hoped I'd lost him, but he drove his truck down the embankment to keep following. At another light, where he was beside me, I pulled up through the light and then turned at the last possible second. He made a U-turn and ran another red to follow me. My panic really ramped up at this point. With no cell phone, no sense of direction in a new city, I really didn't know what to do. So I turned on classic rock and forced myself to sing along and forced myself to go to the speed limit so I wouldn't crash out of terrified stupidity. I decided to drive to the supermarket across town because I remember it had a police station in it. He followed me all the way there. He burned out of the last light as soon as he saw the cops cruisers parked outside. I filed a report and asked for the police escort home. I insisted because something told me this creep was waiting for me to leave the police station. He was. As soon as I pulled out I saw him. I pulled over and told the officer following me and he went after him, but the truck had taken off and the cop couldn't catch him. The police got surveillance video footage from the first door. It turned out this jerk had been dogging me the entire time I was shopping. I saw him on surveillance footage following me through the store. I saw him following me out, close enough to grab my elbow. I saw footage of him circling the lot in his truck, waiting for me to pull out when I got too long and unloaded my car. My heart sank. I was able to remember six or seven digits of his play and the make and model of his truck. In the end, the cops did nothing. They said it was a he said she said since the surveillance didn't really catch him doing anything particularly unlawful and was losing a case to try and charge him with anything. I ended up trading vehicles with a friend for a couple of months to try and feel safer and went on with my life. I had no idea what this disgusting piece of crap did just a handful of months later until almost 15 years has passed. I was watching a Discovery ID show about the kidnapping and murder of Sandy Jeffers. I almost fell out of my seat when I saw the mugshot of her killer. Aaron Lee Skeen. It was him. I was so disgusted that law enforcement did nothing in my case that I tracked down the investigator in the murder case. After verifying some things about the vehicle that was changed in the TV reenactment to weed out people trying to make crap up, she took my contact info and official statement. She could neither confirm nor deny that my running was with Skeen, but qualified the statement by saying at least you don't have to worry about him anymore because he got life without parole. I only wish something could have been done when he terrorised me. Perhaps things would have been very different for Sandy. This happened to me about two years ago, but I think about it a lot. During this time, I was going to grad school in Texas and visiting my family in Kansas City. I had just finished my visit and was driving back to Texas. I started my drive and about an hour in, I got a flat tire. 
I called my dad and he told me to call roadside assistance and he'd be there with the AAA card as soon as he could get there. He got there, roadside assistance put my spare on and we went off to the nearest Walmart to get my tyres replaced. The nearest Walmart was about 20 miles away and we were in a pretty rural part of Kansas. I was following my dad, driving about 55 miles an hour since I was on the spare. There weren't a lot of cars on the highway, basically just me and my dad. My dad was a little bit ahead of me, so I don't think it was apparent I was following him. Somewhere along the drive, I noticed a dark coloured SUV behind me. He was flashing his lights at me, swerving onto the shoulder and then back into his lane, accelerating so he was really close to my car and then would fall back a bit. From the time I noticed him, he did this for about 4 or 5 miles, which is a really long time when you're in the moment. I was about to call my dad because I felt like this was incredibly strange. Like I said, it was a pretty rural area and there were no cars around. If this guy was upset I was driving slowly, he could have just gotten into the left lane and passed me, but he continued to flash his lights and tailgate me and swerve onto the shoulder. At this point, my dad saw what was happening, took an exit and parked on the shoulder of the exit. I followed. This exit was not the one we needed to take. It was a rural exit onto a gravel road, and I don't think it's used very frequently. Lo and behold, the guy followed me as well. I pulled behind my dad, who was already out of his car with his arms in the air, saying, what the hell? At this point, I think the guy finally realised that I wasn't truly alone. He slowed down, looked at both of us and hesitated for a second and then he took a hard left onto the gravel road and took off. At this point, I thought about trying to get his license plate, but it was too late. The dust from the gravel road made it impossible to see his license plate. I still kick myself for not looking at his license plate sooner. I know this post may not be as scary as some others, but the situation really scared me. We called the police to um, report it really, but there's not much else they could do since we didn't even have the license plate number. However, I did learn that if I'm ever in a situation again, to call Highway Patrol, not 911. When you're on the highway, you travel through so many junctions that it's better to call Highway Patrol directly. Maybe common sense, but something I hadn't thought of before. Since that day, I have the number for Highway Patrol on my phone in case I ever need to use it. So, let me get a couple of things straight. Our little village was the kind of place where everyone knows everyone and I could count the amount of houses on two hands. We were really quiet and close-knit as a community, and nothing ever happened there. Proper out-in-the-stick stuff. One night a few years ago, my mum and stepdad had gone out to this concert and left me in charge of my little brother and dog. I wasn't very old, about 14, and I felt really proud that my parents trusted me enough to do that. I thought I was a pretty cool big brother, and I thought we'd be doing cool babysitter stuff like stand up late, eating pizza, etc. I'm kind of glad we did because I don't know what would have happened if we didn't. At about 10.30 the power cut out and didn't think anything of it because the weather hadn't been great lately and I figured that it had something to do with it. I got some candles out of the cupboard and lit them and put some of our favourite songs on. As soon as I sat back down, Sonny, my little brother, turned to me, being the weird little kid he was, and told me very calmly that someone was outside. I was a little perturbed by him, but the dog hadn't done anything, so I presumed it was just the neighbours or something. He shrugged and went back to his drawings. There's a running joke in our house that you don't need a clock with a big dog around, because he's such a creature of habit that he will constantly get up at the exact same time every night to tell you that it's time to initiate his nightly go-to-bed protocol. 
it was about three quarters of an hour after the power went that my dog decided now was the time. I told Sunny to get the doggy's biscuit while I let him out for a pee. Now our kitchen is an extension to the original house and so as such has a flat roof that is completely low to the ground compared to the rest of the house and offers easy access to the bathroom window. As I open the door so the dog could do his thing, Sunny pushes right past me in the doorway and whispers, I know you're out here and I'm calling the police. As he turned around with the biggest proudest smile you've ever seen in his face, there was a very distinct rustling coming from just above the doorway. I don't think I will ever forget the way Sonny's face dropped when he looked above my head. I looked up. The man sitting on the roof above me panicked, trying to kick me and then run off into the next door's garden and presumably into the cornfield surrounding our village. I was so scared and Sonny was bawling his eyes out. I ushered him back inside as quick as I could to get my knife from the kitchen. We both went into his room and I told him to try and get some sleep while I waited for our parents to come back. It was an agonizingly long four hours before they did. My stepdad immediately went outside to check to see if everything was alright. I then heard him talking about something had smashed the fuse box. Obviously we called the police, but they didn't come till late that day. They did search the immediate premises and found a makeshift bed in a nearby disused barn along with pictures of silhouettes of us in the shower through the frosted glass. I think it's pretty safe to say that the whole experience definitely shook us up. We then moved out as soon as we could, but I still shut curtains whenever I can, and I see shadows underneath every door I see. Sonny keeps quiet about it, but I'm not sure if that's just because his brain is cut out or whatever. This happened in 2008 when I was 20 and living with my boyfriend for the summer right after we graduated from college and while I was getting ready to finish my senior year. It was near the end of summer in August on a sleepy Sunday morning. We lived in what they call a shotgun duplex, one story bungalow, about a mile and a half away from a 7-Eleven and we only had one car, which was his, so I walked it all summer including numerous trips back and forth to the 7-Eleven. That Sunday, I walked to the 7-Eleven at about 10 in the morning to get a few things and picked up a newspaper while I was there. It wasn't a straight route from the 7-Eleven to our house. You had to take lots of twists and turns, but by August, I knew the way without really looking. On the way back, there was a little traffic, and since I'd left my phone charging at home, I randomly looked down to read the newspaper while I walked. At some point though, I became aware of a guy with dirty blonde hair to his mid to late 20s walking the sidewalk across the street. He looked at me and it seemed like he was walking in tandem with me. I thought it was strange, but I wasn't really worried. Soon, one of my many turns came up and I turned down a different street, expecting that I wouldn't see the blonde guy again. But after a few minutes later, he was still there, still walking in tandem. I felt the hair stand up in the back of my neck and wished I brought my phone. I abruptly turned down a few different streets, changing my usual route and hoping he'd take a different one. It took me a little longer to get back from normal, but by the time I got to my own street, the blonde guy had been out of sight for 10 minutes. I was relieved and I felt stupid for even worrying about it. And it wasn't until I got right up to the door of my front porch of our bungalow that I realised I'd forgotten the key that was in the door. No worries, I turned around, we usually left a side door key unlocked and my boyfriend was inside and he could let me in if it was necessary. There were giant overgrown evergreen bushes in front of the house and as I went around them to get into the side door, 
I almost ran straight into the blonde guy who was hiding beneath the biggish bush in the corner of my house. He looked at least as surprised as I was. I immediately screamed and then screamed my boyfriend's name. The blonde guy pushed past me and sprinted down the street when my boyfriend came tumbling out of the house. We both chased after the blonde guy who had a two block head start on us. About four blocks down the street, the blonde guy suddenly veered into the passenger seat of a parked yellow sedan, a Cadillac I think. There was an older man, seemed in his 60s, driving the car. They screeched out of the space and took off so fast we couldn't see the license plate. 